0: Welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Jenny. And today we are chatting about Get It Done and Orpheus, Mm-hmm. which did get I'm, some stuff done. So ironically. <laughs> yeah, but I still,
1: have, I still have a lot of qualms with the title, but you know, we'll yes, get there. I do too. I was I, like, oh,
0: that's it? Okay.
1: <laughs> I think this is a week where I'm more in favor of Angel than Buffy, though.
0: I might agree, um, because this was the episode of Angel that I've been waiting for.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) Um, Okay. I actually liked it a lot. I had very few complaints, whereas in Buffy, I have, like, I had a lot of complaints.
0: (laughs) I actually liked Buffy more than I feel like I should have, considering the episode that we watched, but um, yeah, it definitely had its problems.
1: Um, Well, I'm interested to talk about it, because I, yeah, I think it was... uh, my complaints about it were pretty much my complaints about the whole season and it felt like it very indicative of like what isn't working.
0: I see. To so me. like
1: like it was more like a re- representation of all the things that have bothered me so far <laughs> all packed into one episode. It's
0: like oh you didn't like this we're going to dial it up to a Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um well before we jump too far into yeah, our cri- yeah. critiques, um how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty it's, good. Yeah. Take like pretty good. Pretty, so pretty, good. good. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty good. I'm busy. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in the next few days, but you know, work is almost over. I got a nice long break and that'll be good.
0: Yeah. We're coming up on the holidays and it, it's so funny because yesterday I, um, I just like had this moment of like, I really like this time of year. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, sometimes it's hard to remember because, you know, it's really busy and you know, it's, can can be really stressful, but, you know, I, I actually decorated this year, and I strung up some lights, and I was just sitting in my living room with the lights on and, and you know, kind of enjoying the effect. I was like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's good to remember that amidst, like, all the general insanity of that, too, so. But I won't think about everything I won't get done by January. Um, I'm instead yeah. thinking about the fact that, like, I'm taking this week to, like, ease into... A week off and like so this mm-hmm. week I know I'm gonna have like nothing to do so I'm okay. gonna try to enjoy it yeah I would so like I don't think I'm even gonna try to look busy I'm just going to not be busy <laughs> I might work from home we'll see give me plenty of time to collect my thoughts about Buffy
1: okay yeah <laughs>
0: um all right well let's jump into it because I I'm i'm thinking this might be a long discussion yeah
1: maybe not but um (laughs) maybe
0: not i don't know we we both like the angel episode so maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll really have to pack in the good stuff before the bad stuff arrives yeah um okay well in this episode of buffy called get it done they don't get that much done Mm -hmm. spoiler um buffy is having like she's making her rounds through the house it's really dark, we see that there are quite a lot of potential Slayers now in the house from all different backgrounds and countries and languages, and um, Buffy's kind of checking on everybody, and then she sees one of them crying, and we find out her name is Chloe, and then Buffy gets attacked, rather suddenly, um, by the first Slayer, so obviously Buffy's dreaming, and Mm -hmm. the Slayer tells her it's not enough, and so Buffy wakes up. And she's a little bit rattled. But meanwhile, life is going on. The battle against the first is still going on. Um, Buffy shows Principal Wood the setup that they have going on at the Summer's house. He meets all the potentials. He meets Willow. Um, He sees Spike again. And since he learned that Spike is the one who killed his mother, he's trying to kind of sound Spike out and figure out if this is true. And so he kind of asks Spike, like, where where have you been in, like, the last decades? And Spike just says, around. Um, At one point, he, Spike, trying to kind of get his mojo back in the fight, puts his old trench coat on, and Principal Wood sees that, and he's like, hey, where'd you get that? Spike (laughs) says, New York. So clearly, like, he's starting to, like, come to the conclusion that the first was not lying to him, like, that Spike probably is the vampire who killed his mother. So that's kind of all happening, and then... Meanwhile, Principal Wood gives Buffy a bag that had belonged to his mother. He calls it, like, her emergency bag or something. And it turns mm-hmm. out to have these, like, mystical slayer tools that maybe Buffy should have had all along, um, some of which are these shadow puppets that tell they tell them that you, you don't have to look, you have to see. And so they start, they, like, turn the lights off, they start doing the shadow puppets, and then it opens a portal, um, and Buffy goes through it. And then, in exchange, this, like, giant demon comes through and, like, wrecks the Summer's house, flees. Um, Eventually, Spike kills the demon. But where Buffy goes is back to where the creation of the first Slayer, um, presumably in Africa. It's not really clear where this is going down. Mm -hmm. Um, And these three men who made the First layer, kind of show Buffy what happens. She realizes they made her by putting like, parts of demon essence or whatever inside her. And they offer Buffy more power to fight the First. Um, but Buffy is understandably revolted by their methods um, and says no. So it's unclear yet whether she'll regret that because what they also did was show her a vision of what's underneath the seal under the high school and it's mm-hmm. just a huge army of more uber vamps waiting Mm -hmm. to come out so we saw last week like there was another one underneath there but there's a lot more than another one underneath there and then meanwhile while all this is going down willow has to do some pretty heavy magic again um kennedy is a little bit shocked by exactly how dark willow goes and yeah that's basically the episode Mm-hmm. It's really hard to recap because like a lot, they tried to cram a lot of stuff in here. Oh, I totally forgot. Buffy gives a rather uninspiring speech to oh, everybody right. after they find <laughs> Chloe. Chloe hanging in the in the bathroom because she yeah. hung herself, and um, then appears in the well. The first appears in the form of Chloe, who's right. now dead, and tells them that Chloe was pretty easy to manipulate, and she can pick them off one by one and have them just kill themselves. And yeah. After Buffy buries her, she comes back into the house and tells everybody that whatever they're doing is not enough. Like, yeah. They need to stop being weak. They need to make sure that they don't turn into another Chloe. She tells Willow that she needs more out of her and basically tells everybody that they're failing. And she taunts yeah. Spike for not having the edge that he used to have yeah. since he got his soul, which is why he goes and gets the coat. And coat. Like he yeah. does eventually kill that demon. But yeah, yeah, not not great stuff.
1: So I think my biggest problem with this episode is that as kind of, I think you're alluding to this a little bit, but like, what is the arc of this episode? Um, I don't, it's not that as a TV viewer in general, I need every episode to have an arc, but like that is how Buffy has worked for six seasons. So to kind of this season, all of a sudden be like, well, sometimes there's, there's not one. I can't tell if they're doing it on purpose. But it really feels like they're just being very sloppy. Like they have so much weird story that they're concocting and a lot of like little details that they're kind of bringing up that I'm not sure are necessary that it's like, yeah, this episode, I was like, what is this? Like, you can't like be like, oh, that's the one where they get possessed by hyenas. Oh, that's the one where their teacher is a praying mantis. It's like, what is this one? Is it the one with the first slayer? Is it the one where the slayers start? You know, committing suicide. Is it the one where Principal Wood gets brought? Like, I'm not sure what this episode is about. (laughs) Is it the one where Buffy gives an uninspiring speech? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I don't know. It's all of those things, but like, none of those had anything to do with each other. I mean, you know, they have to do with each other because they're happening at the same time. But like, I didn't feel thematically like I knew what was supposed to be happening in this episode. And more importantly, like plot wise, I'm like, what was the arc of this story? There wasn't one. There wasn't one
0: very true because you start out thinking that you're going to pick up where we left off which is that Principal Wood found out that Spike killed his mother right. and this is going to be a story about revenge or something especially once he's in the house and like questioning Spike and then no actually turns out to be about shadow puppets and Don right. can speak, yeah. like so, ancient Sumerian or something yeah, and then yeah. it turns out to be no Buffy goes through a portal and they have to fight this demon and then yeah. no it's about yeah. like the fact that all these girls are going to be killed and it's like yeah, I think that's fine. Like in any given episode, there's like an A, B, and C plot, but they're not related in any way. And they were all they, they just mm-hmm. like one bleeds into another, bleeds into another, and everybody is involved in the same thing at like every step of the way. So yeah. it doesn't really feel like they're all happening. It's not even clear to me what's that coexistence. Yeah. They're just like it's just a day in the life. Basically. Exactly. I
1: I've had that thought. Yeah. Before we started recording, I was like, oh, this is just very day in the life, <laughs> like, which can be interesting, but I don't think they did it in a good way. But I guess just overall, it is very like... This season has been really meandering. You know, it is really, I think, emblematic of the fact that they've set themselves up against this really unknowable big bad, and it's really difficult to work that into an episode each week. So I think that they've really done themselves a disservice. I also... Yeah, I mean, I think they've done themselves a disservice in a lot of ways. I had another thought about that when you were giving the summary, but I forgot what it is. Um, I'm sure I'll circle back to it. But yeah, I just... I think these episodes could be a lot tighter. I think they're making a lot of complications that don't necessarily add anything to it. And I, yeah, I mean, like, if this is the story about the first Slayer and Buffy figuring out what that was, I really think they should have put that more heavily in the forefront. It's like, Buffy wasn't even the main character of this whole episode, but that was a really important thing that she did. I liked that story on its own, but it was really, like, buried in there. Like, you were saying, oh, it's not, normally, yes, there's an A plot, B plot, C plot, but in this one, there were, like, five plots, and they were all kind of equally weighted at least like, was like, the way they got treated by the episode. So anyway, I'll stop going on about it. But that was my main problem with this episode is I was like, I can't figure out what this is about. And a lot of these things don't really seem to tie into one another in, in an important way.
0: Well, it's so funny because what it really... what What really stood out to me is this way where Buffy is... It is kind of like a day in the life of, like, Principal Wood being introduced to this world. And so mm-hmm. if you think about it from that angle, like, there's a lot of exposition here, which maybe doesn't always work very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Buffy as leader showing him her operation, but we don't actually see Buffy participating in almost any of it. Like right she goes off into the portal and disappears, and Willow has to try to figure out how to get her back, and Spike <laughs> has to kill right. the demon. Or yeah. she's like, look at all these potentials I'm training, but, like, Kennedy is the one training them. And she doesn't even really notice that one of the girls is so fragile that she's yeah. vulnerable to the first. Not for the first time. Like, you know, there's just, right. like too many to keep track of, and Buffy, honestly, doesn't really seem particularly interested in any of them. Yeah. And, you know, so then at the end, when she's giving this speech... I'm it's sorry, like, that was not the end. That was the middle. I'm sorry, at the end of this, like, <laughs> oh, experience of yeah. Chloe, yeah. Like, she's giving them this speech, and it's kind of like, where is she coming from? Exactly. she wants them to like, do better, what? she could participate, maybe.
1: And I really felt like the only person who deserved that speech was Spike. And maybe yeah. Willow. And I was like, it's fair when you say this to them. You know that these potentials don't know anything. And yeah, like, I know I'll be annoyed when they, you know boot Buffy in a few episodes but right now she's really earning it so maybe I am gonna turn around on that episode too you know I was like man this is not well, your that's best the thing leadership is, like, that's like, what
0: I really couldn't figure out is like whose side are we this episode yeah. to like show how ineffective Buffy really is being and <laughs> right. like they're trying to do it by an ineffective episode like but, is it really that meta but, I don't know no
1: but it's not because here okay so here's the thing if that was the story of this episode this is the one where Buffy goes off the rails and is Demonstrating poor leadership. Okay. But then we have her do this whole face-off with these original, you know, we'll call them quote-unquote watchers. Oh, that's mm-mm pinning that thought. So these guys that, you know, trapped and burdened the First Slayer with these powers and this ability and this, yeah, you know, bur- generational burden. And then there's that part where Buffy refuses them, and I was like, that is also really interesting, but it's so weird to me that they coupled those two storylines together. Because it's not necessarily an example of Buffy being a good leader, but it's like, there was so much to explore in that relationship, and there's so much more to explore in her leadership and her relationship with the potentials that, like, I don't understand why we're jamming them into one episode and then not letting either of them get, like, the full treatment that they need.
0: And oh, Because, and th- again, in the world where we write the better episode, yes. what if, like... Buffy encounters Chloe dead in the bathroom, realizes, like, maybe she does give that stupid speech, and, like, realizes that. Oh, actually, but I I mean this for me too. Like I have to be better, yeah, at yes, the stronger. yes. Why was need, there no self-reflection? I'm like missing something. I need something. What is it? And then oh, coincidentally, Principal Wood is like, here's the here's my mother's emergency bag. Like right. maybe there's something in there that you can use. Yeah, and she buys yeah. the shadow puppets, and then goes and then discovers what the price would be of her to actually get more power, and says no, and comes. Like that's an interesting episode. But even then, this I think there's mess.
1: yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> and okay, here's my here is my thought that I don't want to forget again. I also this is a I think a good episode that reminded me like what a disservice they did by just destroying the watchers council in like the second episode, because how do we bring these original guys into the storyline and not tie them back to the watchers who've been the men perpetrating this against the slayers for centuries or millennia or however long it's been. Right? Like, I'm just like, God, why are we not, why were the watchers not the villains this season? Even if the first was kind of a thing in the background, like I just don't understand why we got rid of them when we could have really Tied these those things together too.
0: Yeah. What if all of this was just a plot by some of the Watchers to like retake control of the Watchers Council? Yeah, like and from especially Buffy because
1: knowing how this season ends and kind of the way that they're gonna use the potentials and the way that Buffy is gonna ultimately like kind of solve this bad, you know, I I, I really feel like they should have let the watchers linger more. And they really should have tied she didn't even I don't feel like mention, like, oh, you guys are just like those watchers who try to control me all the time. I mean, maybe that's too on the nose and that didn't need to be said, but I just feel like, yeah.
0: Well, and also in an episode where she is encountering the truth of the Slayer and mm-hmm. how, the, how she got created and learning about these shadow puppets or something that yeah. should have been hers and, like, all of this, where the hell is Giles? I, yeah, it's a good Why is wow. Giles
1: in this episode? <laughs> essential to the story, yeah. I'm sure he would have had some reaction to it, yeah.
0: It just... It would have been so much more interesting, and there's such an interesting nugget of a story here that, again, it just gets ignored and glossed (sighs) over because we have to deal with drama over Principal Wood, you know, wanting revenge for his mom, or, like, Willow having to, you know, go dark with magic, or an unnecessary demon, or, you know, it's just, like... Like why does it have to be a demonic exchange? Like why do we need something for why somebody? Why did we to need fight? that monster? Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess it was just, for Spike.
0: Who I well, yeah, okay. I guess, but like, you know, that also is like as you were saying like this episode is like a microcosm of like the bigger mm-hmm. problems of the season as a whole. I also really thought that when we see the vision of all these vampires under the hellmouth. Yeah, yeah. Was just like why? What? Why <laughs> is this the story like she has to fight an army of uber vampires who by the way, let's just not forget how many times the Hellmouth has already been opened in the course I, of this yeah, show? and Not a single mm. uber vampire has ever mm-hmm. come out. So is it that the first is they just haven't opened it in that and specific- like they're just there now? But like, where I were they know. this whole time? Like we've seen weird creepy tentacles come out, but not a single vampire.
1: But I guess that's kind of my, uh, that was my secondary complaint about this episode is kind of like what you're saying. They also just like the amount of things because they're trying to throw so much into the story, they have to come up with such convenient excuses for everything. I was like, there are so many, it's not plot holes exactly, but just like, like clearly Buffy has already told principal wood about all about Willow's like dark journey last year. I'm like, I don't know if that's the sort of thing we would just be telling everybody, but that's come up multiple times this season. That's like, everyone knows all about Willow, which like, I'm not trying to say that they should keep it a secret exactly, but it all it does feel like they're being a little bit blasé about it. Like, so that kind of bothered me. Also, I don't there is no way that I believe uh Principal Wood's mother's watcher let him keep that bag this whole time. There's no way the watchers weren't like, give it up, we need that for the next slayer. Especially considering what was in the- I'm like, that's at completely unbelievable to me that Buffy didn't already have that. I'm sorry, Principal Wood did not just hide that for 30 years or whatever. I it's not been 30 years, but. I don't know. I just, I did not buy that. So it's just like, you're coming up with these stories and then you have to find ways to exp- explain them and it just doesn't make sense. Also, like, this one I'm willing to go along with because Dawn has made some incredible strides this season, but, like, when did she get so good at agency, Sumerian? <laughs> like, I understand that well, there, was, she was saying, there was magic at the end of it, but yeah, there was a lot of, like, she part- got really far without magic help, which, fine, fine. I'll, I, that one I'll give them, but it, I just mean to say, like, It's one thing after another that's like, oh, yeah, now they can do this. Now they can do this. You know, she could just do this now. I'm like, okay.
0: I mean, I'll buy it only because they've shown Dawn, like, really buckling down as, like, the researcher because, like, that's her role. But, like, yeah, I I question that, too. And, I mean, a lot of it just felt a little bit annoyingly incomplete. And I agree yes. with all of the points you just made like I really questioned this idea that he just had this bag. Like maybe <laughs> a bag of weapons, but like the right. shuttle puppets seem exactly. like exactly integral to the slayer experience of like learning all of this. Like Buffy didn't even learn about the first slayer until later and right. like <laughs> yeah, or okay. like, later in her journey and I think that In the past, they've explained this away as like, Buffy was different, Giles took a different approach with her, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I I agree, I believe you, but there's some stuff that seems like really should have been brought up anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I just don't buy it.
0: Yeah, why wasn't it... I
1: I mean, again, it's yes, because they needed a way to have Buffy go back in time and meet these guys, but... It would have made a lot more sense for Principal Wood to just have had a keepsake of his mother's and for that to still be meaningful. That would still be a meaningful gift to Buffy. It wouldn't help them with this plot, though. So, yeah, it's just very convenient.
0: Also, I, I don't buy for a second that Kendra's Watcher wasn't like, oh, we're going to need you to see the shadow puppets at some point, and she wasn't like, where are the shadow puppets? Yeah,
1: exactly. It just doesn't check out, so fine.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a stupid convenience that they're trying to make work. I mean, but, like... Let's just take a pause for a second. Mm-hmm. We're talking about shadow puppets that opened a portal. Like this episode right. was a little bit it was bonkers. Bonkers,
1: yeah, <laughs> it was.
0: And then and so, also, it was kind of
1: creepy. It was really creepy, and I guess that's the thing too. Is it's like they nailed a couple of specific scenes or a couple of specific moments I really enjoyed. But again, it's just like taking on the whole. It didn't fit together. I mean, that Chloe storyline was super super dark, and, and I, I kind of think it was shocking. Yeah, it was really upsetting. Oh. I kind of wish they had, again, it's like, that could have been a whole episode. Like, letting, giving that the space to, like, weigh on everybody. I understand not wanting to do that, but then don't put the, don't introduce the storyline if you're not willing to go there. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like, oh, we all felt really bad about this for five minutes, and then the episode had to move on because there wasn't time to deal with it. And I was like, I just don't think we're giving this the kind of consideration it really merits.
0: No, and... You know, similar to, like, her dream with the first Slayer, which, by the way, I, like, jumped so much when the the Slayer, like, came (laughs) up and, like, tackled her, because I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But, like, that almost got no attention either. Like, Buffy only mentions it later, and it's like, I would think everything that they went through with the first Slayer, that having a dream about her would kind of make Buffy take pause for Mm -hmm. a second yeah it didn't and and so yeah everything just feels really jumbled and inconsequential and the things that work really well just don't have a chance to contribute to like the larger whole because they're not really part of it
1: well and yeah like I think like I said I kind of think that Buffy's speech was only should have really been aimed at Spike and maybe Willow but like I did kind of get enjoyment out of Spike's little mini journey but again it's like it barely got any time it's like by the end when he puts on his jacket and beats that demon. It did feel nice to kind of find a way to for himself, to for him to kind of like make peace with where he's at now. But it just didn't get that much time. I don't know. So that's where I'm at. I, yeah.
0: But I did have a lot of time um, to read the opening credits and realize mm. that most of the slayers um, have first names only. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just that brought that sense. up because that's like the lingering thing that stuck with me from this episode. Yeah, is that oh, a lot of these actresses only have one name.
1: <laughs> the Lizzie McGuire one is one of those, right? I forget what her name is. Chloe was
0: she LaLane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is yeah. LaLane. <laughs> yes. um, um. And I, sorry, that that's like a very random thought, but that just came into my head because I was thinking like, yeah, there there was a lot of time to like reflect on the weird stuff, but they don't spend any time on like. The important elements, you know, and here's
1: not that this is an important gripe, but I man, I, I've tried to be pretty forgiving to almost everybody that has a bad and everything that's has a bad reputation in this show. Boy, oh boy, is Kennedy just gets under my skin. I, I really I've watched this before and not been that bothered by her. But like the way she pushes and nudges Willow and then is so aghast. I'm like, you are so insistent that she's just so young and kind of like immature in a way that I don't think Willow and the rest of their actual peer group is if this like insistence that, you know, her magical situation, the way that it affects Willow better than Willow does is just like every time Kennedy talks to her, she's like, you should do it. You don't, you know, why don't you do blah, blah, blah. And then it's like when she does it and it has this really dark effect. I'm like, man, everybody has been telling you this. I don't feel bad for you at all. It's so obnoxious. The way she treats Willow is basically my thing. I just don't like her.
0: Yeah, that was a little bit... I was
1: like, I don't care.
0: ...of an odd moment where it didn't really... I mean, I get that it would be shocking because maybe yeah. she thought she was also, like, immune from Willow's dark powers, and nobody is, and that's kind of the lesson, but I... She,
1: she just clearly yeah. hasn't given it any consideration. Like, Willow has told her the things that she's done, and she just is not sunk in, and I just... um, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I guess I do like... Kennedy's fine as a character on her own. I just really hate her and Willow, and the way that they interact with each other, so...
0: Also, why is she still allowed, like, extra status than the other Slayers, too? Because, like, she's in all the meetings and, like, she's the only one who's, like, watching the Shadow Puppets and, like, all the, you know, it's I know, I
1: did wonder about that, too. I think she is, yeah. I mean, they clearly have given her some sort of, like, minor leadership role, but I agree that it's a little bit, like, I don't know if she's earned that. I think we're just supposed to assume she's older and had more training than the rest of
0: them, but, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit strange, and it feels like it's only there to make it, like, convenient for her to be in the room when some of this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I was wondering, too, especially after I finished the end of the Angel episode, is what's equally frustrating for me is wondering if they didn't explore a lot of these interesting elements because they're waiting to do it when Faith gets right. there. And right. that annoys me, too, because I'm like, oh, so you can just shoehorn something else in there and like, yeah. make it more unnecessarily <laughs> right. you know, complicated. So I do wonder if like this was just kind of like a breather episode cuz they knew oh Faith is we coming but faith. we have to give yeah. her time to wrap up her arc on Angel. That is
1: kind of how it felt. Um yeah. sorry, just to go back to this idea one quickly though. I I am interested in the principal wood and Spike tension and I think that it's it makes sense to me that they would wait another episode or two before making that kind of come to come to a head but you know, we kind of talked, I mean, I think it was last week about, like, acceptable retcons versus, like, obnoxious ones, and I really yeah. d- I really do think that this, like, oh, that's where Spike got his coat, which we have seen, but, like, turning it into something that is meaningful for Principal Wood, I did like that... I was rooting for Spike to kind of get some of his, his kind of metaphorical teeth back a little bit. And I liked when he finally was a, you know, like that, like his final scene. He's like smokes a cigarette and he's put his jacket back on. But I I do also appreciate that, like, man, I can't totally enjoy that because it is a symbol of something really terrible from his past. But I kind of thought that is like, that's like a cool, I I like the way that that story is coming together, which is like, you were both like rooting or, you know, you can, you could be rooting for Spike to like, make peace with who he is now, and get his teeth back, and be a fight, you know, on the side of good, but also, like, knowing that, like, it it only has come this way because of, kind of, his story. I don't know, I just think that that's, like, a really nice, like, tight metaphor that is, like, coming together, whereas everything else is all over the place.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, especially in, on the topic of obnoxious versus, um, acceptable (laughs) retcons, like, we have a great example of the Emergency bag in this episode, right? But, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I mentioned that their dynamic as part of like this annoyance I had with this episode. But I, I I am also interested to see how that story plays out because I do think that that is a good angle to explore of Spike trying to embrace a different future, mm-hmm. but then having this really horrific episode from his past stick around to mm-hmm. haunt him. Yeah, because you know he did do these things. Right. That he might like he doesn't want to forget them and he obviously can't and now he actually feels bad for doing them mm-hmm. but to have the real consequences like come back yeah, and yeah actually physically be there i think is really interesting
1: yeah agreed um,
0: so yeah i and i don't really remember how that plays out so that will be good to to explore
1: Okay, I'm sorry. I have one more question for you. Uh, you know, Andrew is only briefly in this episode, and again, he's basically just comic relief, but he does say he's making a funnel cake, and I felt like that was the weirdest thing somebody could be making, like in this particular household. Was that, is that a normal thing to like, I was like, why isn't he just making cookies? Why is he making funnel well, cake?
0: No, that's not a, like, carnival like, food a, is not a normal thing. What a weird thing to, weird just thing be, to like, be making. Cooking, and also <laughs> the fact where he's like, this funnel cake is kicking my ass, and I'm like, what? then why did you walk away? Away from the pot of boiling I
1: know. oil. <laughs> That's what I was there. No, it requires to be fried, right? There's so many easier desserts you could be making, Andrew. I just don't understand. Yeah, why why funnel cake? I I don't know if that was a joke or not. I'm fine. I'm not criticizing it. It was just so weird to me. Of all No, that things, gave me pause too. I was like, you could funnel be making cake,
0: like, yeah, um especially because <laughs> there's no payoff. Like, I would have liked to see that every funnel cake Andrew would create. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah okay well that was very weird i guess maybe he's just so inexperienced that he just like opened a cookbook and was like this is the one i'll try <laughs> not understanding that <laughs> but there's the like levels good. Of... <laughs> um, i
0: right. did also like his giant board
1: yeah i did i do love andrew
0: also like he he isn't their hostage like he's now clearly there of his own accord it's true yeah <clears throat> it's funnier, I guess, to introduce someone making a funnel cake as your hostage. <laughs> it
1: was funny. I guess, I, okay, maybe I'm circling around to it, because it's like, what is a funnier punchline to that than funnel cake? That's probably what it was. They were like, what's what the funniest
0: thing we could think of him what's making? What's the weirdest and, like, thing
1: he could cake? be making right now? Because <laughs> the randomness of it, too. Okay, all right, all right. I'm convinced, I'm convinced funnel, cake is, funnel cake is genius. Uh. <laughs>
0: It's a weird thing to be making. I'm not going to say that it isn't.
1: I guess I just am thinking of, like, a layperson who hasn't really done any baking or much cooking would just be like, sure, he's making funnel cake, but, like, if you've tried to make anything ever before, you're like, what? What?
0: Well, anyone who's ever eaten funnel cake, whether you've, like, made it or not, if someone is just casually making funnel cake in your kitchens, you'd be like, why? <laughs> why?
1: You're making such a mess for such little payoff. It's really only appropriate to eat in one setting, and it's a carnival, and we're not This at is the that. kind of
0: thing you should only make if you're making hundreds of them yeah. at a time.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess one of the slayers must have requested it or something. Comfort food, I don't know.
0: But whose comfort food is funnel cake? I mean, this I don't is a really know, weird tangent that we're going down, but yeah. Uh, also, I, I wouldn't mind eating funnel cake right now. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm not trying to poop on funnel cake. It's delicious, but... I mean, how could fried dough covered in sugar not be delicious? It like, literally has all the makings of a delicious dessert, but...
0: I, I actually like literally also think I have all the ingredients necessary. Oh my god! <laughs> like, am I gonna go make funnel cake after this? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Probably not because there is literally no point in doing all of that for like a funnel cake. Right, right, and it
1: won't last. You can't like keep it. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Well. All right.
1: Let's move on, on to that Angel. Note. <laughs>
0: On the funnel cake.
1: On the funnel cake, um, you know. The one standout positive moment of this episode <laughs> was Andrew making funnel cake.
0: <laughs> Why don't you tell us about Orpheus?
1: Okay. I mean, this is a much more tightly scripted episode. There are pretty much two plot lines in this one. Last week, we left off with Angel feeding on Faith. And this week, we jump right back into that, to, only to find out that she has dosed herself with something. So once Angel bites her, he is knocked out. Do you and, mean to
0: tell me <clears> that, <throat> as predicted, that cliffhanger went nowhere?
1: Yes. <laughs> it was shocking. <laughs> um, so, basically, yeah, you know, half of this episode is about that. It turns out that the thing that Faith took a hit of was this drug called Orpheus, which is some sort of, you know, psychic, mystical, like, drug. <laughs> so it's not just like doing shrooms or something. It's like that. But then there's also this huge mystical component to it. And because both her and Angelus are very strong creatures, I think it's having an extremely strong effect on both of them. So they both are knocked out um, in sort of a coma state, but having some sort of weird shared dream experience. So basically, they're both dragged into hellish, uh, hell like uh, moments from angels past, basically, then it kind of intermittently tortures either one of them so first it's they're going through um angel's life angelus has to watch kind of all these moments when and i'm sorry oh god trying to use both of their names is apparently really difficult for me angelus has to watch all these moments when angel basically chose not to feed on people and he's of course horrified by it and faith is there, you know kind of goading not goading him but like you know being like yeah see this is what you really are and this is blah 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 so they have this kind of whole drama thing we see Angel save a puppy we see him give it but then we see him give in in a moment of weakness when um, like shopkeep is murdered in a robbery and uh, Angel decides to feed on him after he's died Um, so you know basically there's just all this back and forth eventually they sort of (laughs) they do run into uh, New York Angel, who's feeding on rats, who has a little face-off with this mystical Angelus, spiritual dream Angelus, and they go kind of hand-to-hand. Meanwhile, Faith is kind of dying slowly in the real world, and then kind of increasingly in the dream world, but by the end of it, she and Angel help defeat Angelus. But sort of because this other plotline is also going on, which is that Willow has come back because Fred finally had a lick of sense and called the only person who's ensouled um, Angel before. Um, so Willow comes to try and help them figure out how they can possibly restore Angel's soul, even though they don't know where his soul is. They don't know where that vessel is that has it. Uh, and least of all do they know that Cordelia has it upstairs in her bedroom. Um, so, yeah, Willow comes... She has a conversation with Cordelia, who obviously no one still suspects of even anything at all. Um, And Cordelia accidentally gives Willow kind of a help, you know, just says something offhanded that actually leads Willow to kind of crack the code of like, oh, I know how we can figure this out. We don't need to know where the uh, soul actually is, but we can still free it and then reinstall Angel. So, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Willow is off accomplishing this, but because Cordelia knows what's going on, she keeps trying to fight with Willow Mystically to prevent her from from finishing the job. Um, She kind of throws all these different things at her, but at the end of the day, it doesn't work, mostly because Connor is so worried about Cordelia that he runs up to her room and distracts her at a pretty crucial moment. And so Willow is able to break the vessel that had the soul in it, and then they're able to restore Angel's soul at the very end. Kind of as an important, I guess, C-plot is, you know, Connor and Cordelia are still having a really... Our awful relationship cordelia continues to manipulate connor and at the end of it because she kind of realizes what's gonna happen or just as a fail safe maybe she convinces connor that he needs to murder angelus before his soul can get restored and so connor does try to do that but yeah so that the end willow leaves and then lo and behold cordelia descends down the staircase and says something that's supposed to be threatening
0: so, aside from the ending and pretty much... All the Cordelia. Well, I don't want to say lifting Cordelia out of the episode entirely. No, because no. Because there is a bit of fun to this dynamic of Willow fighting an enemy that she yeah. doesn't know is right upstairs. And right. sadly indicative of how amazing this storyline maybe could have been. Right, um, Agreed. Mm-hmm. And then it ends on this, like, Terrible. super hokey, like, dramatic reveal, yeah. like... Less said about that, probably the better. Mm-hmm. Although we'll have to talk about it, but um, yeah, I, I really like this, really this episode. Me
1: too. And I, you know, I was. A, it's not that I want to say I'm surprised, but like, man, bringing Willow into this dynamic really was like a shot in the arm that they needed. Like, it allowed everybody. Like, we don't have to pay attention to kind of the asinine dynamics that have been brewing among the Angel Investigations people so much as like get to just see Willow react off of everybody and kind of bring out just like the best parts of them. Like, as a viewer, not necessarily, like, bring out their best sides or something. But I don't know. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought Willow being here was really fun.
0: I mean, everything about her her interactions with them was delightful. Like, her yeah. kind of hitting on Fred and then getting a little bit, like scared off she, by yeah. Fred's like you know like Fredness, and then yeah. being like I'm seeing someone yeah. and also like her interactions with Wesley like oh she's my God, like I kind it. of flirting with him which yeah. is like fun on a meta level yeah. but then also like fun because the last time Willow has seen Wesley was like he was this buttoned up suited guy at you know yeah graduation but she calls and, him the Marlboro or, man <laughs> she saw him when no she did I guess she's been on the show before Once, but yeah. um Like she hasn't really seen him since his transformation and I kind of liked her teasing him about like, looking like the Marlboro Man mm-hmm. or something. And then I was like, hey, he kind of does. <laughs> yeah. And I really liked um, them
1: kind of bonding over, you know, this darkness. And he is yes. like, oh, sorry, I know mine's not as extreme, but she's like, yeah, but I mean, like, we could still talk about that. Like, I, I don't know, it's so nice for him to be able to talk about that part of his life, which is huge and important, but he can't talk about it with anybody, you know, or Because nobody to talk. on this
0: show talks yeah, to each other. To Yeah, refuses to talk to no. anybody about it, so. They have to literally import someone yeah. for Wesley to talk to. and But it's great because... Everything about that scene was fantastic, and also I think because Allison Hannigan and Alexis Denisof are yeah. two of the stronger actors. For sure, like, yeah. In it it was just so natural um, and so fun. It was. I was just like, I'm just gonna rewind and watch this yeah. scene a bunch <laughs> of times, and like her interactions with Fred were really fun. They and, were so cute. Like, yeah, and, I, and also like. Like, a lot, like we said, when Faith came in and kind of, like, took charge, like, Willow kind of did the same thing where she was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And she was just, like, running through all the options. Um, and even when Cordelia is trying to fight back and, like, makes this scary head show up, like, it, like Willow's like, ignore it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, she just <clears throat> is not being swayed from her mission, which is to restore Angel's soul. Yeah. And, I mean, I had some questions, like... Where did she get an orb of Thessala? Because yeah, I, I know. It those used to be really difficult to, like,
1: to get. Now they're very easy to find. And I apparently. thought that was kind
0: of the whole thing, like, when they had to call that shaman guy because they couldn't find us an orb.
1: Well, I think <laughs> so. we could. I will let that one go only because now Willow has these major coven connections. If anybody knows It would have been nice if they had said something like that. Because I was like
0: I was like, like, this kind of undercuts that entire episode like three episodes ago. Well, okay.
1: But also though, even like they kind of made a joke about it, but I was like, it's ridiculous that nobody thought to call Willow before this moment. Like like even when she's like, next time uh call me before you do this. I was like, I it is ridiculous that nobody suggested that previously. (laughs) Mostly Wesley or Angel. Like, you guys both know better. I get why Cordelia didn't. But it was just sort of silly. I was like, yeah, this should have happened a long time ago.
0: I mean, it is great that Willow can come in and save the day. And there's a nice little button on it that, you know, coincidentally, she can be like, hey, Faith, like, come we need with me. you. We need your help. Totally. Like, that's fine. But getting there was so painful. Yeah. Um, so I just, like, really enjoyed this episode as, like, a contained entity. I agree. But... I, I just like I got real. I, I almost got angry because it was so good. Because I was like, why haven't you been doing this the whole I time? I know, I know. Like, but
1: it is very why telling. Have
0: five episodes with Angelus, like yeah. doing nothing. I
1: think it's really telling, though, that like they can't shake up these weird character dynamics that they insist on without bringing outside characters in. Like the only episodes that have been kind of fun was once now that they started bringing Faith in and now that they brought Willow in. And it's like because seeing Faith interact with Connor is like finally somebody without some seriously twisted dynamic with Connor gets to like have a conversation with him. And that is really needed. And like, yeah, I just kind of all the things we already said. But it's like it is a shame that like they just can't seem to do it with their regular cast.
0: You know, it's funny, this is making me wonder, like, because we talked about this a little bit in Buffy, with the Spike and Buffy storyline of the show kind of writing themselves into a corner. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, like, I'm thinking about this now, like, this episode, and even the ones, the first one where Faith showed up, too, like, they are two bright spots in this, like, pretty terrible season so far. And I just find myself wondering if the show has written itself into a corner, Entirely, that Mm -hmm. it can't really get out of because Mm -hmm. it spent so much time trying to mine drama out of bad character inter like, yeah, dynamics. Like yeah, like, dynamics, that now they can't write a show based on people who hate each other and don't right. ever talk to each other. <laughs> right, because how right. do you have drama and stakes if these people barely seem to care about each other? Yeah. And they've never really done a great job of tying them together on the mission or even with a leader, because Angel is so, like, whatever the story that week needs him to be, that yeah. there's no consistency. And so they've ridden themselves into this corner, and now they're trying to use it to, like, Punish, one of their best characters, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's great. But I'm thinking about where this goes in the next season, and I wonder if, like, they really felt like they had no option. Like, it's a full reset, basically. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if, like, they really just wrote themselves into a corner that they couldn't get out of because these people are so miserable and so terrible and so angry with each other and and have all these established rapports that, like, don't do anything.
1: It's a good point that they have spent they've devoted a lot of time to making every character on the show hate each other. <laughs> it's like, if that's your end goal, I yeah, I don't know how you recover from that. It's wild, but it's not just about, it's not just about Angel and Wesley. It's not just about Angel and Connor. It's about Wesley and Fred and Gunn and Fred and Gunn and, yeah, it's just like, God. And also, poor Gunn has gotten like so sidelined. He's barely doing anything. It's like you're not doing him any favors, but.
0: Gunn is weirdly sidelined. Cordelia, we talked about before, is definitely sidelined. Like, she's, I mean it is She's weirdly at the center of all of this and yet Cordelia is, is like totally nothing. yeah. Like she's just upstairs and everybody's like, Yep, that's fine. I like, know. Okay. I mean I was
1: very it, that was that stuck out to me a lot that they are like they come in, you know, the beginning of this episode with Faith and Angelus in hand and they're like, Go get Connor and it's like nobody even asked what Cordelia is doing and I get that they think she's injured, but it is it is wild to me that she's been there this whole time, literally up a set of staircases a staircase, and nobody has checked in on her or even really asked Connor for like real update you know meaningful updates so yeah that I, I still have a lot of issues with the Cordelia thing I think the other the my big critique of the Cordelia storyline in this particular episode is mostly that you know kind of once again they've like because they've not clued us in on still to this point like on exactly what is going on with Cordelia we know that she's the big bad but we've got no explanation for like how or who and so they just kind of are stuck with like Okay, we know she can qu- communicate telepathically, and that's like her one power. But then in this episode, they kind of have to ramp it up so she has more magic. But it's like, it just is so sloppy that they've clearly left the door open so that they can do whatever they want when it's convenient. But that's so frustrating to just be like... I, I understand wanting to have this twist, but even now that the twist has more or less been revealed, it's still so imprecise that it's like, what can she do? And like, can you just give us a little more answers? And it just feels like they're being obstinate about not telling us things at this point, you know, like it would be better they served are, for us to know. more. And it's a
0: it's a huge problem because I'm like listening to you kind of describe the state of things. And, I, you know, it's so interesting To like kind of listen to it like rolled up that way because then it becomes really really obvious like that there's a story here that they've written but it has no why behind it like there's (laughs) literally it's so surface level like Cordelia is the big bad Cordelia is doing all this but like she is but she's literally like it's like she's going through the motions of doing these things but we have not spent any time with Cordelia this season like she came back from being you know a higher being she's really rattled nobody knows what. like she doesn't have any memory we get her memory back and then immediately all of this other stuff starts happening so yeah we have no idea if like this is Cordelia if like something is she being controlled is happening because of her time as a higher being because it's it's literally like a whole other character with like Cordelia's face like yeah we it's not Cordelia as we know her she doesn't have Cordelia's personality she doesn't do anything Remotely Cordelia like. She's just the big bad who happens to be played by Charisma Carpenter, and and they're calling her Cordelia, but like, there's literally nothing behind it to clue us in as viewers as to like what the hell is going on and why this is happening. And it's extremely frustrating to watch because it could be really interesting. It's always really interesting when one of your main characters becomes your big bad. Like, they just did that on Bucky, (laughs) and we knew exactly why because there was time spent building all of this up. But like, it's like they're well, they're I, spending no time building up the story. It's like it's almost like they want to write this story, but they don't want to like spend the time on Cordelia to even like give I mean, her the like yeah. courtesy of writing it in a comprehensive way. And that's I the mean, part I mean, where it's like,
1: like clear that they're being sloppy, and maybe they were scattering, but it really is starting to feel punitive. <laughs>
0: Yes, and that's the thing is like I don't know if it's punitive but it feels that way yeah. because it's like why what other way could you possibly write this way and to literally that, have her yeah, in another room. Guys.
1: She's literally not filming with the rest of the cast, right? She's only had screen time with Connor. Was that because of scheduling? Maybe, but it feels like you could have done something differently. I will say, so in the effort of like overall I did like this episode. What I did think actually really worked about the Cordelia storyline in this episode not how they've <laughs> I don't want to give them credit exactly, but I do feel like it did finally make sense to me why if this, you know, whatever, whoever or whatever Cordelia is now, why she would have slept with Connor or rather preyed on Connor because he is, I was kind of, you know, like I've been getting so frustrated with him for like, why aren't you telling the rest of the group about this? Why, if you just said one thing to them, it would give them a tiny breadcrumb that they would probably latch onto. But their dynamic was, like, so disgusting and abusive in this episode, which I'm not trying to say is a good thing, but just that I really understood how much she is, is manipulating him now. And I think they've really taken a lot of liberties with that, right? Because, like, even to your point, like, when Cordelia first came back and got her memory back, there was not even knowing now and thinking about it, there's not even a hint that she wasn't herself way back then. But if I am if I give them the benefit of the doubt or if I would just go along with that logic and she was this evil thing, I can see why Connor is the one that she would pick. And it was really hurt. It was really hurtful in this episode, I think, to see, you know, to watch it play out. And I, I mean, I've been feeling sorry for Connor for a while now, but I really it really just did hit me over the head that like that is a good strategy. He is the one who's like he doesn't really trust everybody still and they don't really trust him and actually do buy that, you know, somebody has roped you into this relationship with them and they're confusing you a lot. And he's so young and so inexperienced with this world that he can't see his way out of it. So I guess I'm saying I did actually buy now that he wouldn't have confided in the rest of the group and that at least from that angle, her plan makes sense. Granted, I still don't really know what her plan is, but if your plan is to get Connor to do your bidding and to maybe you needed his sperm or maybe I'm unclear on that part, it does make sense that he's the one that she would prey on.
0: It totally does, and it, it also has the added benefit of kind of being the only way I could see them rehabilitating that character. like Connor, you where, mean? Yeah, yeah. where yeah. you're like, oh, oh, I feel so bad for him. Totally, Ergo, yeah. I forgive him for locking Angel in a box at the box. No, the it's, it is true,
1: because I haven't thought about that in so long because I'm so busy being yeah. so worried about I how mean, manipulated he is. I mean, to be fair, he's been manipulated his whole life, so I I am, yeah. I do, I, I'll forgive Connor, <laughs> but... but it,
0: It's so funny because like you, you know, you're, I wouldn't even, I didn't even really notice it, but you're totally right. Like he is the only one that Cordelia is ever in a room with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that must've been really lonely to like film as an actress, used to being part of an ensemble is like, you're filming all this stuff, like kind of tucked away. And then also like that really stands out once Willow actually goes in the room and says hi, and they have this little, you know, reunion conversation and Cordelia does seem like her old self like because Will is like how you been? she's like higher power mm-hmm. you know like like she says it in a very Cordelia way and it's like the only time in this entire episode where she sounds like Cordelia
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and they're not even really clear as to whether she's supposed to be like putting on a show like like thats right. how, that's how vague all of this is is like we just really don't understand like how much of this is Cordelia, is something else, like, I don't know, like, that was really frustrating, because I had this, like, great scene with them, and then it's immediately ruined by Cordelia, like, gripping a knife. I know, so
1: (laughs) silly. I was like, what was your plan? You didn't have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry, just in relationship to the or back on the Connor Cordelia thing. I actually, this is the other part that I thought was nice about this. Not nice. A thing I thought was well executed about this episode is because she's decided that, you know, she's preying on Connor using Connor to Connor to try and manipulate things. It is also her weakness, right? Because he is the one that comes up to her because he's such a puppy dog about it. And he's so worried about her. He is the one that causes her to lose her focus. Right? So it's like, I did, I did actually like that part of like in this Logic of if I accept that this is what's going on, sure, fine. Then I I appreciate that. By trying to manipulate Connor, she's also set up a little bit of a weakness for her for herself. Kind no, of no, I think you're right. Something. Like I
0: think he is the one who is like convenient to use as a tool, but he also has a habit of kind of messing up her plans by accident. Mm-hmm. I guess because, because he's, he's so he's, eager.
1: Like,
0: yeah, yeah, he's like so like into all of this and like so eager to be with her and protect her and, like, play this role that she's trying to get him to play, but... Yeah, and that's Kana the very reason that avoided. she's
1: able to manipulate him, right, is because he's so eager and so naive, so it's that same those same qualities that, like, make him a good target for her also what make him, like, kind of uncontrollable for her.
0: Yeah. And then just blame everything on the hormones, so... Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, so, I mean, that was a lot about things that we didn't like, but I did... Oh, we didn't even talk about the faith in angels stuff. I mean, I mostly like that stuff, too. I wasn't... As sold okay. on that as the Willow I, stuff, but I thought it was okay.
0: I just like feel like they brought Angelus back to talk to voices in his head and it's well it's yeah. really annoying because again, like I said, we've had five episodes with this character and he's done nothing interesting and it was so boring and like I just knew that Willow was obviously going to reinsole him and so I'm just like waiting for it to happen and watching Angelus not even, like, interact with himself, but, like, yell about, like, random stuff. And it's, like, mm-hmm. what is the point of this? Like, I I didn't mind those scenes, but I just really didn't understand, like, what purpose they were really supposed to serve. Like, Angelus doesn't learn anything from it because he's, at the end of the episode, he's banished to wherever he goes mm-hmm. when Angel becomes Angel. Like, okay, sure, Jekyll and Hyde nonsense mm-hmm. and they're pushing. But, like he goes away so like there aren't any consequences for him to learn or right. lessons or it, it's like it's like a christmas carol in reverse like if marley was like or whoever like yeah the
1: ghost is the one that the needs to learn a lesson the the, yeah
0: it's <laughs> but it's but really it's, weird they did and, kind of say that and and if if faith is supposed to learn something she doesn't really seem to have a reason to be there either other than she's just also on the drugs and like why are they interacting with each other?
1: Well, I think it, I actually think, I, I think it was okay because part of it, right, is that, like, she did put herself in this really, she made the choice to use that drug that she knew might risk her life in order to save Angel. And the kind of interaction that they had was him being like, I guess it was partially Angelus too, like taunting her about like, oh, I thought we got over this with you. And so I don't know. I, I I do feel like there is something there that's kind of tying them together, which is that like she did make she did more or less sacrifice herself in order to give Angel the chance to come back. And so it makes sense to me that they would kind of be interacting on that psychic level. But the the big flaw is that they tied in Angel getting reinsoled in his dream to, to Willow reinsoling him. So and that part actually really did kind of take the teeth out of like, it didn't matter what Faith did in this dreamscape. It was all about what Willow was doing in the real world. So I thought that was really bizarre that it was like, he did get reinsold, but it didn't have anything to do with their interactions, which maybe is what you were saying. And I just wasn't listening. Yeah, that's what but I mean. Like, I'm Faith sorry. Yeah, I was like to
0: be there at the end of it. Yeah. Thematically, I think I
1: she had a reason to be there, but plot wise, it was bizarre that they tied those two together. Yeah. Instead of making it a little more about Faith, which was kind of like, they sort of had a throwaway line about like, it's not about you Angelus, but yeah
0: also really wasn't clear what that drug was supposed to do. Like, if if people take it and then die every time they take it, then well, how I, would it have any kind of, like, street value? No,
1: again, I think what Lauren suggested is that because Faith is so powerful, it, normally humans take it, and it, I think it reacts in strength level. to Like, it's so much stronger oh, for her because she's okay. potent. And maybe because Angelus was potent as a person. I think that was, I think there was some sort of, like, throw, again, throwaway explanation that, like, oh, this isn't how it always, it's not always this bad. I I don't want to end on this note, because again, we're trying to be positive about this, but I, I just, just a quick, just a quick, mm, (laughs) hmm, does Orpheus make sense as this title? It really felt like they were going a lot more for a Christmas Carol theme, and they didn't want to admit that, so they gave it this other thing, but I'm like, it didn't, it didn't work.
0: You know, I actually (laughs) was wondering, is this a Christmas episode, or are we just thinking that because we're watching it around the holidays? No, (laughs) no,
1: she specifically, Faith specifically called herself Marley, and it was a very Christmas Carol style. I mean, maybe, yes, admittedly, maybe we're getting a little bit, but when did this air? I'm just saying, yes, Orpheus goes to hell, but the themes of the Orpheus stories and myths, as I understand them, were not at all covered in this. Okay, no, this episode aired in March, so maybe that's why they couldn't call it Christmas Carol, because it's not Christmas anymore.
0: Well, Orpheus was the name of the drug. I know, but I'm just saying, like... So, like, that's why they did that, but... They yeah, just I, always I come up like with these
1: big myth things and then don't tie them in at all. I'm like, don't just use words because you think it makes you sound like, you know, things.
0: They but, the, but this mean. isn't new. They're just very lazy about I their titles. Like, they're to like, you know what? That. I want to call this episode this. Make it work. Exactly. Like, <laughs>
1: okay. We call the drug that. Great. Done. <laughs> like, what? Orpheus does go to hell to get his wife back. That's the myth. Or at least the, st- the most famous story about Orpheus you know but like he goes to his wife dies he pleads with everybody to give her back to him and they say sure 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 Hades says you can have her but she's gonna follow you out of the underworld you can't turn around and look at her no matter what and that if you do then she's dead forever and then he at the last minute turns around and looks at her but like there was no element of that like this like weird trust dynamic yeah, nobody or got like stuck
0: in hell they were they so. kept
1: calling it hell that like oh it's hellish to go back through our old memories but it's like none of that really tied together for me Stop using. I guess in
0: this scenario, Angelus is Eurydice because the one who got stuck. (laughs) They looked at him and he disappeared at the end. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There isn't like an actual relationship between the myth and the story that was told, other than the name of the drug was called Orbia, which seems like they only named it that so that they could have the hell analogy. Exactly, it was like the hell
1: thing isn't the big, isn't the whole story. Like really missing a big piece of it if that's all you're focused on. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, well,
0: someday we'll go back and retitle every episode
1: in this show. (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
0: (laughs) Well, what's the title next week? Hmm. It is Players.
1: All right, that's generic. (laughs) I can go with that. I can get on board. Players can mean anything. That's fine. I have no, no objection to that. They don't have to live up to anything by calling their episode that. Ooh. Maybe they were just
0: like, oh, we can't, we're really bad at this, we've gotta just
1: Just keep it generic. <laughs> this one's called fighting. <laughs> this one's called stakes. Oh, that would be a great title. Stakes. Stakes. There's stakes and, and stakes, moral stakes and physical wooden stakes. Yeah. <sighs> Alright. Should we wrap so, it up? So
0: yeah, I, I did want to mention the end just
1: Oh right. God <laughs> already forgot about it
0: (laughs) just because i'm sure it will come up again yeah it Um, will yeah we can talk about it more next time as i'm sure it will be a bigger part of that episode but yes cordelia reveals herself to not be the big bad but to be pregnant and it clearly is somehow a last-ditch effort on her part to try to manipulate events the way she wants them to go Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how i'm fuzzy on because i don't know how shocking everybody with the fact that she's pregnant is going to do anything other than shock them with the fact that she's pregnant. Right, so,
1: but maybe we'll find yeah. out.
0: So we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see. But, yeah, that whole scene was just, I mean, honestly awful. Like, she dramatically yeah. walks down the stairs in, in the weirdest outfit. outfit. Clearly planned yeah. to, like, be as, like, weird and, like, yeah. show, like, show it pos- off. Like, yeah. As much as possible, show off the pregnancy. Yeah, but
1: no, it, very yeah. weird, I agree.
0: Also, where is she buying maternity clothes? I mean, exactly. Nobody even knows she's pregnant. Exactly. (sighs) Sigh. Yeah, well, I suppose that's not the point, but um, (laughs) we'll talk more about that next week, but it did happen, Mm so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, next week, uh,
1: we have on Storyteller, Storyteller, which I'm excited for, and the previously mentioned players, which could be anything. I don't know, but we'll find out.
0: As is always the case, this episode, this next episode, of Angel could literally be about anything. <laughs> I gotta
1: tell you though, for once, they're not gonna disappoint me with the title. I'm fine. Call your call your episode players all you want. i I already said that, but I'm just saying I won't have that gripe next week.
0: I think if I'm if I'm just like placing bets now <clears throat> as a player that it's, sorry that was lame. Um, <laughs> yes. That it's like Cordelia revealing her plan, and mm-hmm. they're all players in this game. Plan. Yeah, yes, yeah, fine with yeah. me. I accept. Yeah. So we're going to talk about those episodes. And then for now, do you have any pop culture for us? Hmm.
1: (laughs) No, no. Wait. I, you know, no. I wa. I've been watching a lot of those like bad Christmas movies and it is bringing (laughs) me no joy. I have to stop. I had to stop one yesterday. I was like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not even hate watching this. I just genuinely hate this so much. I don't know why I'm torturing myself. (laughs) So don't do that. If you're not into it, don't. Force it. It's not going to get any better.
0: Which ones did you watch?
1: (laughs) Well, we watched Royal uh, Christmas Prince and then the one where they get Royal Wedding or whatever. Both bad, awful, hate them. I don't know. I couldn't tear myself away though. I'm not watching the third one. And oh, we did watch... I did watch The Night Before Christmas. A little bit but That was a little bit better. I I guess I just like Vanessa Hudgens more than I like those other generic actors. She's got like a little bit more to her or something, but... It was also bad. I was paying less attention to that one too, which helped. Um, I tried to watch one yesterday on Hulu called like a Cinderella Christmas or something. And I was like, I literally, I hate this so much. <laughs> so that's the Wait, one I that's gave That's the up one on. I
0: was telling you about with, um, no, no. Uh, what it's, was his name? It's not that guy. Oh,
1: I think there's another one. I th- also there's a lot of them that have the same name. It was not the one you were telling me about. Cause that guy okay. wasn't in it, but I think I did see that one. You watched it on Hulu so- or you watched it on Netflix?
0: It was on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was watching it. I was was watching one one on Hulu. Cinderella
0: Christmas or something. There is
1: a Cinderella story. Oh, a Cinderella story
0: Christmas. Because I saw
1: that thumbnail and I almost clicked on it, but this was a different one. I would
0: highly recommend it because it's it's a musical.
1: Okay, that (laughs) might be better.
0: Um, Or it's like... Almost a musical. There's singing. There's a lot more singing than I thought there was going to be. Oh, um, and this it, is what mm-hmm. I was telling you about, where the guy's name is Nicholas Wintergreen, <laughs> <laughs> or Winter Garden, or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that girl was in that bad other Netflix rom com with the guy from All the Boys I Loved Before, like the perfect date. That's
0: where she was mm-hmm. from. Okay, I could not figure where else where I had seen her before.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, maybe. Yeah,
0: it. <laughs> But I have to stop. I have, I have also to stop watching
1: them. I can't do it. It's not a recommendation. Don't do it.
0: Well, if it's not clear, I've also been watching them. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I, I feel like the level this year is like, so it's not like they're usually good, but I feel like this year they're just like, Exceptionally bad. Like um, I know it's like become so meta. I but did, I... I watched the third Christmas Prince one, and I had to watch it in like two installments. I was like really bored. <laughs> but I couldn't keep going. But then I went back and rewatched the first one and the second one. And I mean, they get measurably worse as they go along. But like, there is something weird about the first one. How it's like arguably, I mean, it's like objectively terrible. But like you you can't stop watching. Yeah, it. Like that's down. that's the magic of the Christmas Prince, right? I guess so. And They have not replicated that. I have not found my new version of Christmas Prince. I watched A Night Before Christmas and hated it, and...
1: That was the Vanessa Hudgens one, right? Yes. Okay. I think half-watching it was the way to go. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) not giving this too much thought. I walked away every once in a while, came back, yeah, sure, 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 whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So... I have to find one to watch today to oh,
1: God. also not enjoy. I know. It. I, yeah, it's, it's
0: like why do this to myself? I don't but, know why. I'm, you know, it's, it's because the Christmas movies that I really
1: enjoy watching, I want to like watch with my family when I'm home. So I'm like saving them, but it's like then it's just torture because you're trying to find something that will like. Marginally bring you into the Christmas spirit. Also, side note: we did watch one called "The Christmas Spirit" that was about a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: wait, wait—that's the one with the the one the ghost uh, at the end. Uh huh, the Rum Runner from yeah, the twenties, who's a one. ghost. Yeah, actually, don't that, don't I didn't definitely hate that one as don't much as some of the other Christmas ones. Christmas with a View—that one is awful. Oh god, um, there's like no story to that one at all. Hmm. No, I did watch the Spirit one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I didn't like it, but it wasn't the worst one that I've watched.
0: <laughs> you should watch the one with the magical advent calendar. No,
1: I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are also. Two Christmas calendars out this year. I think one is Netflix and one is Hulu. Just like this Cinderella business, like I don't know.
0: Well, the Netflix one is from last year.
1: Okay. Well, that was okay. Yeah.
0: So the other thing is that I'm gonna see.
1: Okay, I don't really want to get into this, so I'll keep it brief. Um, but we did watch. Oh, the fr- we're
0: already in it. No, 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 no.
1: no. I'm changing. Oh, shifting gears. Oh.
0: Okay. Um,
1: we're gonna see Star Wars on Friday, and I haven't That's rewatched great. either of the stories since they came out, I've only seen force awakens the week it came out. And I've only seen last Jedi the week it came out. And I have had a lot of mixed reactions internally to both of them, but we did watch the force awakens last night and I was able, I think I'm definitely the sort of person that like I, my expectations get really convoluted and like, will distract me from what's going on. I think having a few years to like remove myself from it. I was a, I watched the force awakens. and like I had a great time. I enjoyed it.
0: Oh, that's, so that's why I was at. actually considering rewatching it, but I hadn't decided. I, I I liked it the first time I saw it, but yeah, same. I haven't really watched it since. I, ha-
1: so. I was on a pretty medium on it the first time, but I liked it a lot more with some distance. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I no comment on Last Jedi because it's like so. Again, it's like so much of a thing right now that I'm like I'm not trying to invite that commentary into our podcast. <laughs> but I am going to watch no, it because it's not a place. I, I genuinely <laughs> don't remember the story well enough to go into the third one if I don't rewatch it. So. That's where I'm at with that. Anyway, do you have. I feel like you gave your recommendations in there. I feel <laughs> All like your I, other I bad don't Christmas think movies. I had
0: anything specific in mind, but yeah, I guess a uh, blanket go watch Christmas movies.
1: <laughs> I did some like out of shows and I'm like wrapping presents, so I like need something in the background, but actually, the new Marvel's Runaways just came out, so we're probably, maybe we'll watch some of that today. I don't know. Or last year, though.
0: Um, Although, TV. I think. This episode is not gonna air until after Christmas. Oh so right. So uh I hope they're still on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, those were yeah. our thoughts about Christmas TV shows and movies. Yeah.
0: Hope you enjoyed them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what team are you on this week? God. Team Willow. Team Willow, yeah, you're right, for sure.
0: It can't be anybody from Buffy.
1: No, no, no. Except Willow was Willow awesome like <laughs> herself
0: on Angel. Yeah. So I'm counting her in that camp this week uh cool all right all right well we'll be back after christmas Mm -hmm. which is a little too late to announce that as this will be airing after christmas
1: (laughs) (laughs) well hope you had Uh, a good holidays and new years etc yes you the listeners also you Allie. but i'll talk to you before then
0: Wait, is this actually Oh, no, this airing? is before New Year's, so... This is airing... The in, 30th. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, when is this airing? This will be airing the last... It will be our last episode of 2019. That's true. Okay, uh, also,
1: December 30th still acceptable time, I think, to watch bad Christmas movies if you really needed to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Clearly, clear we didn't plan so, like, all this. your
0: decorations are still up. Mm-hmm. It's still Christmas. I think so.
1: until New Year's, it's vaguely acceptable to carry on.
0: I think Christmas as a holiday, more than any other holiday, like, lasts a week. I agree. Like, and I don't love the the creeping and the 31st. It is Christmas. Yeah.
1: I don't like the creeping into October and into September, but I don't mind the extension to New Year's. I think that's acceptable. Yeah. 23rd, 24th to 30th, 31st. Good range on Christmas. Yes.
0: It does not carry over into the new year, (laughs) but it has a grace period of a week. Yes. Like, I mean, and you're allowed to celebrate like December 1st through December 31st. But Yeah all of this because no here's more, the thing no lo- about it and like I'm going I'm gonna go off on a tangent mm-hmm. that nobody asked for mm-hmm. but it erases Thanksgiving if you let it go to like firm, migrate yeah. Christmas in the other direction and that angers me so much because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday mm,
1: it's just because you love the food it, yes
0: yeah, that's but it's though. also the, the really one good. where I feel like you usually are with family like like I feel like even more than Christmas people make an effort to hmm. like be around family for Thanksgiving and to me like I just really like the feeling on Thanksgiving. I and see. If there are Christmas decorations up, what is the point?
1: Well, and it bothers me when it creeps into October because then you don't get enough Halloween. No, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. Stop stealing
0: from the other holidays. You've got plenty of time. You get a whole month. <laughs> it's all you need. And it's so not fair to anybody who doesn't celebrate Christmas too. Right, so. that's true. Like we're subjecting these poor people to like three months. Mm-hmm.
1: Come that's on. too much.
0: I don't even want three months and I celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. Also, it kind of, like, sucks all the, like, novelty out of it. If you're celebrating exactly. it for It doesn't mean 10 anything. Months, like, by the time it gets to be Christmas, you're over it. It's
1: just like how Paul Hollywood gives everybody handshakes all the time now, and it just doesn't mean anything anymore.
0: So I, <laughs> I will say that I did not expect to enjoy the new iteration of Bake Off as much as I do. But I agree with you that Paul Hollywood gives too many handshakes and the show felt way overproduced this season and I did not enjoy that. I'm still
1: not caught up, That's but I will... It, it, I guess, yes, I hadn't watched it until recently. I'm at least... It's good enough that it's, like, still basically filling the hole left by, by Bake Off. <laughs> like, I still need Bake Off in my life, and if it has to be under this new iteration, it's still, it's still good. It's, it's not as good to me yet, but I've only... I'm not even finished with one season of the new cast, so... I'm willing to give it some time.
0: They've really grown on me. Noel and Sandy are actually really great. But yes, Paul has become unbearable. It's
1: also, I mean, this is the one that I'm watching is the first season with them all. So I understand like growing pains. You know, you got to get, you have to find your connection and your, um, what's that called? I almost said repertoire, but I mean repartee, I think.
0: (laughs) Yes. But I think the cast that season is pretty good. It is. I really like Liam the young the
1: young one. I mean, I always root for the young people for the most part cuz it's like cute that they have like, you know, 18 19-year-olds, but I like him a lot.
0: Oh yeah, he came back for one of the Christmas ones. Mm-hmm.
1: I should watch the Christmas ones.
0: Yeah. All right. Um okay, well Got real long at the, the end there. Yeah, yeah that we... went <laughs> a little bit longer. Um so I guess yeah, we'll we'll chat next time. Yes. okay Okay. Bye. Once More With Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny.
1: Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder.
0: And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast. You can also
1: find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.